Hi everyone, and welcome to the Wine Shop Talk. I'm Smalia Aaron-Roser, your host, and I am so happy that you're here with me today. If we haven't met before, it's lovely to have you here, and if we have, welcome back. In today's episode, I'm gonna be talking about all things Thanksgiving. I'm here in Canada, and our Thanksgiving is celebrated in early October, and it is quickly approaching. If you're Thanksgiving at a different time, not to worry, there's gonna be lots of information in today's podcast that you'll be able to use for all kinds of different celebrations. We're gonna start by going over some food pairing basics. Then I'm gonna be covering turkey with all the fixings, baked ham, a prime rib, some vegetarian Thanksgiving options, and of course, I'm gonna be talking about some pairings for desserts. So if you're ready, let's jump in and start talking all things Thanksgiving. Before we dive right into pairing with some holiday menus, let's talk a little bit about some food and wine pairing rules. Now, I have air quotes around rules because as always, these are suggestions. If you have a traditional wine or drink that you enjoy during the holidays, I want you to continue to do that. That's part of your traditions. What I'm going to be doing in this podcast is sharing some helpful hints and tips and some information on why some of the pairings you're enjoying are part of your celebrations with your family and friends. The first food and wine pairing rule that I want to talk about is matching the weight of the food with the weight of the wine. And the reason we're looking to match the weight of the food and the wine together is that so neither one of them is going to overpower the other. As I talk about the different menus in today's episode, you're going to hear me referencing about the weight of the food and why we're working together in synergy. The other one I want to talk about is about how we can work with opposites. You're going to hear me talk more about this as we get into the baked ham, but we can work with opposites opposites, but we always have to be cognizant of creating that synergy between the two. One can't be stronger than the other. And then when we get into desserts, we're going to talk about sweetness levels. And the wine and food pairing rule in regards to sweet is we want to make sure that we have equal balance. If the dessert is sweeter than the wine or vice versa, you're not going to get the entire experience. So as we talk about desserts, we're going to be talking about how we're going to create this harmony between the two. If you're ready, let's dive into our first Thanksgiving menu. And here we're going to start with the traditional Thanksgiving turkey with all the fixins. Now this is the dinner with your buttery mashed potatoes, your stuffing, your gravy, roast vegetables, buttery rolls, all of that deliciousness that comes into it. I'm gonna be covering a lot of information and have lots of tips for you in today's episode. If you wanna take notes, definitely you can take notes. However, what I've done is I've gone ahead and I've created a special download for you that you can get on my website. You can head on over to winegirlacademy.com, go to freebies, and you'll see Thanksgiving guide and you'll be able to download that there. And it's gonna go over everything that I'm talking about in today's episode and list the wine styles that I'm going to be sharing with you. As we talk about roast turkey, we have a theme. So the first theme that we're gonna talk about is when you think about a roast turkey dinner, we're talking about buttery, rich, and savory flavors. Makes the house smell delicious. Lots of wonderful flavors involved in this entire meal. Now I do want to mention that every menu style that we're going to be talking about today has a danger item in it. And what a danger item is, is it's an article of food that as a sommelier, I need to put on my radar because it has a negative effect to some wine styles. Our danger item when we're talking about a Thanksgiving dinner is cranberry sauce. Now if you're a cranberry fan, you may even have a secret 
favorite family recipe with oranges and cinnamon and cloves. But what cranberry sauce does to wine is it's highly acidic. And so cranberries can actually strip the fruit out of any wine that you have. So while it doesn't impact whites as heavily because whites have a higher acid level, we do have to be cognizant when we're talking about red wines. But I do want to call out that if you are a cranberry fan and if you are shopping, so if you're in a store and you're shopping for Thanksgiving wines, you may find that the sommelier or team is specifically asking you if you enjoy cranberries with your Thanksgiving dinner. And if you do, they're going to give you some suggestions just like me about how to work with the flavors of those cranberries. Now let me give you some specific ideas in regards to some of my favorite white wines. For your turkey dinner, we're looking for full-bodied rich white wines. And the reason being is we have lots of rich flavors. We have that butter note, lots of butter as we're cooking our turkeys and in the stuffing and in the potatoes. So butter is our main theme here. So we're not going to fight it. We don't want to fight the butter in the meal. We want to embrace it. Some of my favorites are going to be a full bodied Chardonnay. So when you're looking on the back of a label, you're going to look for full bodied. You're going to look for notes of apple, butter, creamy, rich. You're going to actually on the label look for terms that give you an idea that these are really rich full wines that have a buttery feel. Now to get the butter we have some winemaking techniques involved here but generally you're going to be looking for some wines that have had some oak contact. That oak is going to give us some vanilla flavors, it's going to smooth out the edges and also bring in that nice full weight into the wine. It gives it a bit more backbone. One of my favorites is to pair our Thanksgiving dinner with a full-bodied rich Chardonnay. Now it is a New World holiday, so you can definitely choose wines from New World countries such as the United States, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, so a full-body Chardonnay from one of those countries, though there are some amazing styles for you in the French Isle. If you're going to go Old World Wines, I would highly recommend go to the French Isle. If they're divided into sections, you're going to walk right down into Burgundy, and what you're looking for on the label is Poulet Fousse or saint Ferran. Both of these wines are coming from the more southern regions in Burgundy, France. They are 100% Chardonnay and they have some nice rich oak treatment to them. They are basically the iconic styles that New World wine countries developed their fuller bodied Chardonnay styles from. Again, you're looking for Poulet Fousse or saint Ferran. They're basically right across the road from each other. Think of them as two towns. These wines are delicious. New World wine styles, they're going to say Chardonnay on the label. You'll be able to turn around the back label, read a little bit about them. But if you are looking for an Old World wine styles to try, I would highly recommend take a walk down the French Isle. You're going to see in the Burgundy section if there is one. Otherwise, you're looking for saint Ferran or Poulet Fousse on the label. And these are going to be beautiful examples of full body Chardonnay for you to try. Now the other thing that you can do that is always going to make the celebration, it's going to take it up a notch, is you could do a full-bodied sparkling wine here, whether it's champagne or New World sparkling. But sparkling wine, you could enjoy all the way through this meal if you wanted to. Something to keep in mind. Remember, sparkling wines are not only for toasts and the beginning of the meal as an aperitif, but they work wonderfully all the way through the meal. So sparkling wine, full-bodied, is something that you can definitely do as a white option. Now let's talk a little bit about red wines for turkey dinner. 
So reds, again, our main question here is going to be, are you a cranberry fan? If you are a cranberry sauce fan, I'm going to recommend that you go with a California Zinfandel. Why Zinfandel? It's got lots of fruit flavor, lower tannins, because the chicken doesn't have any marbling fat in it, so we need a wine with lower tannins. And here's the wine rule about white protein, white wine. We can do red wines, we just have to jig a few things. And to do that, we're going to go lower tannins in the red, and that means that it's not going to dry out your chicken because what happens with those tannins, that mouth drying sensation, when you take a bite of roast turkey and a sip of red wine, the tannins are gonna go right to the protein of your turkey, and then all of a sudden your turkey might seem a little drier than it is, and we know that's not the case, so I always recommend a full-bodied New World Zinfandel especially if you're a cranberry fan. Now some other lovely options for you to try are Pinot Noir. You can do Pinot Noir from a New World, California, Australia, New Zealand. Chile has some beautiful styles. And if you're looking for a French Pinot Noir, some beautiful styles into the Burgundy section. If you are going to go old world Pinot Noir, the cranberry sauce is going to really strip the fruit out of some of those old world Pinots, so just be a little bit careful with those. New world Pinots, if you are a cranberry fan, are going to have more fruit flavors predominantly. I would direct you that way. Hopefully these are some hints in regards to how to work with your roast turkey dinner. Again, we're looking for that full-bodied, rich, creamy Chardonnay. Sparkling wine styles are also your friend here. And for reds, we're looking at a new world style of Zinfandel, as well as Pinot Noir. And if you're not a cranberry fan, you can definitely go to more of those old world, more elegant, subtle Pinot Noir styles coming from Burgundy, France. So that was our roast turkey dinner. Now let's move on to baked ham. If you're doing ham for your Thanksgiving, what we're working with here is the salt in the ham. Some people do a mustard crust, some people will do a herb crust ham, but at the end of the day, it's the actual salt in the ham that we need to be cognizant of. You do have a danger zone here in regards to a danger item, and that one is mustard, specifically hot mustards. So we have all ranges of mustards. If you are a mustard fan, you know that they will be from subtle to food friendly to full on mouth burning hot. And what we need to do here is be cognizant of that mustard, and I'm gonna give you some tips. And generally what we work with with any spicy foods, and so hot mustards are gonna fall into that, makes your mouth feel hot, is we bring in some sweetness. So a little bit of sugar helps to mellow the heat and it'll help to allow your palate to taste the flavors from the food, not just experience that feeling of hot and inflamed. We're going to go with a little bit of a sweet wine style, not only for the heat in the mustard, but because we have salt as our predominantly base that we're working with, salt and sweet, this is a great example of how we use opposites. Sweet and salty can create an, a magical pairing. What we're going to do when we're talking about our baked ham dinner is we're going to play with sweeter wine styles. Now some of my favorites are to go to the France side and we're going to go to Alsace, France. So Alsace, France is the second sunniest place in France. And when we have that much sun, what that means is we have lots of fruit flavor and expression in the wines. And so we have some wonderful flavors here. So you're gonna look for a Riesling or a Pinot Gris. These would be wonderful styles for your ham. Now these wine styles are not sweet, so I don't wanna confuse you. What they have is they have full ripe fruit that gives you nice, rich, ripe fruit flavors that are sweet in their flavors, but I don't wanna confuse you in that the wines are not sweet per se, they're not dessert styles. 
So Alsace, France, you have uh, Riesling or Pinot Gris, wonderful options to enjoy. You can take a walk down the German Isle as well. And when you're looking for wines from Germany, you're gonna look for obviously a Riesling. It's amazing and delicious. And I know lots of people celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas with German Rieslings. On the label, you're looking for Habtrocken, so off dry, Habtrocken. Can also be looking for either Spätlese or Cabinet. And what cabinet and spetlaza are, are these are special label terms for German wine labels that tell you that the grapes were picked at an optimal level of ripeness. And these will have a touch of extra sugar to them. Again, still a dry style, but they have extra ripeness to them. These are also wonderful wines if you enjoy Thai spicy food styles or curries. They're delicious. The other option you can do is you can go back to France and we have Vouvray, which is 100% Chenin Blanc, which is a wonderful grape variety, very similar to Chardonnay, but has more stone fruit, so more peach and apricot flavors for you. And then, of course, you could always do a sparkling wine. And here with the ham, I'm gonna suggest you try a Cremant d'Alsace, which is a wonderful, elegant, sparkling wine style. Because of the fruit having so much ripeness, Alsace is also a mountainous area. Their food styles are about hearty, rich food styles that people enjoy and the bubbles from this area go perfectly with a baked ham dinner. I'm all about taking bubbles all the way through the meal. You don't have to just have it at the beginning and then switch over later. So for our whites, we're looking at Riesling from either Alsace, France, and it will say Riesling on the label, or we're looking at Germany where we have those extra label terms. In France, you're looking for Vouvray, which is 100% Chenin Blanc from the area or the town of Vouvray. And then Cremant d'Alsace is going to be our sparkling wine style for you to try here. Now for reds, if you wanna do reds, with salt and tannin, it can mellow. So tannins can actually feel a little bit mellowed when we're working with salt. However, what we wanna do is there's a lot of flavor in that ham, and so we wanna bring some fruit flavor. Again, we're looking for that sweet, salty combination, even with reds. So we're gonna look for red wines with stronger fruit flavors or more enhanced fruit. And some of my favorites here are to do a Shiraz from Australia, Grenache from Australia, California, warm climates will be able to do a single variety Grenache and you'll see that on the label. Cote de Rhone blend, so from the south of France, if you walk down the France Isle, you'll look for Cote de Rhone on the label. These are wonderful red blends that would pair deliciously with your baked ham. Sparkling Shiraz, if you're able to find a sparkling Shiraz, and sometimes for me in Canada, it can be a little bit tricky to find one, but sparkling Shiraz is a really wonderful wine to enjoy with your baked ham. My quandary with sparkling Shiraz is always, I wanna serve it warmer for the red wine, and I wanna serve it cooler for the bubbles. So what I do with this is I serve it cool to start so the bubbles aren't as volatile and we open it safely, but then I do let it warm up in the glass, and it's a delicious, it always has a touch of a chill, but sparkling Shiraz is a really fun sparkling options to add in here and then Beaujolais. Beaujolais is a hundred percent Gamay. It's in the French Isle so if you walk down the France Isle you're gonna see Beaujolais on the label and it's a hundred percent Gamay. Wonderful grape variety here. Lots of bright cherry and raspberry fruit flavors and wonderful wine style for you to try. Now I'm going to suggest if possible that you actually look for a Beaujolais crew and there's 10 of those. These are 10 special top tier hills in the Beaujolais area 
area. And in that handout that I've created for you, I've actually just made a list of the 10 crews for you because you'll see those on the label. So if you look at that list, you'll be able to take a look. The crews are going to have a bit more fruit flavor, a bit more structure to them, more fruit flavor. So I would highly recommend if you can, if possible, find a Beaujolais crew and that list is all there for you to make it for easy shopping. Let's move on now to our prime rib dinner. Here our theme is going to be savory and we also have fat so that marbled protein in the prime rib or if you're doing a roast and so we're going to be able to play a bit more with red wines here because we have more marbling fat the other two menus so in the turkey butter was our theme that richness in the ham we had saltiness so we worked with that and here we're dealing with savory flavors but we're also dealing with fat and protein and so we're going to take a bit of a different approach our danger item with our prime rib dinner is going to be horseradish and much like mustard horseradish can be overpowering in regards to flavors. And if you are a horseradish fan, what we're going to need to do is find you wines with a bit more of that fruit forward flavor, just like we did with the mustard. We're looking for wine with enough power in the fruit to be able to keep up with the horseradish. Now, if you just like a touch of it, it's not so much of something we need to be cognizant of. But if you are someone who loves, have a lot of horseradish with your prime rib, then what I'm going to recommend is we definitely do a more fruit forward wine style. Make sure that you get to experience all of the different flavors in the dish. So first let's talk about white wines. Can we do white wines? And I'll get asked this a lot. Can I do white wines with prime rib? Or I have a family member coming who enjoys white wines and they're not going to have red with dinner. And so of course you can. And what we're going to do here in regards to whites with a prime rib dinner is we're going to go back to much like our turkey dinner and do that full bodied rich Chardonnay. We're looking for a full bodied elegant wine that has some creaminess, especially if you're going to serve your prime rib dinner with let's say a Bernays or a holiday sauce, anything that has a buttery base. Bring that butter in and you're going to find that synergy piece. You're going to find that connector, the bridge between a wonderful, big, rich Chardonnay to go through prime rib dinner. Full bodied champagne or sparkling wine can be a wonderful option and not just for the beginning of the meal, but all the way through. So if you're going to go white, you're looking for big, bold, full bodied, rich white. My recommendation is going to go back to those rich and creamy, beautiful Chardonnays, as well as if you want to do a sparkling wine, wonderful option. Now for reds, if you're a red wine fan, this is the holiday dinner that you are going to love the most because here we have a huge place that we can play, but ultimately we have marble fat. So the fats worked right into that protein. And so it's going to smooth out any big red for this one, potentially the bigger, the better it's going to be up to you. But with the horseradish, if you are a horseradish fan, we are going to want to do more fruit forward red styles as well as having them big and bold. So you have your choice here. You have obviously Cabernet Sauvignon from New World Countries. You can go to Bordeaux if you're looking for sort of that elegant classic old world style. Malbec from Argentina, Chardonnay de Pape from France, Southern Rhone wine, Chardonnay de Pape. Lovely, more savory flavors. If you're doing a herb crusted prime rib, then definitely the Chardonnay de Pape or Southern Rhone wines are going to bring in that savoriness for you, as well as your 100% Syrah as well. So there is a difference between Shiraz and Syrah, I just want to quickly address. They're the same great variety, they just have different profiles. Shiraz, when we make it with the Z or the Z, then it is all about bright fruit flavor. It's a big, bold, delicious wine, but more fruit forward. When we see Syrah on the label, it is more savory, more elegant, more herbaceous, 
and more black fruit flavors, but not as fruit forward as the Shiraz. So two different profiles from the same grape. Syrah coming from more cool climate areas, so not as rich fruit flavor in the wine. Shiraz coming from warm climate areas, so lots of heat from the sun, gives us lots of those ripe fruit flavors. Syrah is another wonderful option. You'll find Syrah in New World countries. And if you're looking for an old world example, then we're going to go to the Northern Rhone in France. You're gonna go down the French Isle. And on the label, you're looking for some great examples being Croze Hermitage or Saint Joseph. These are two of my favorites. And when you see Saint Joseph or Croze Hermitage on the label, these are 100% Syrah and wonderful styles for you to enjoy with your prime rib dinner. Hopefully that gives you some new ideas, but if you're a red wine fan, like I said, the primer dinner, the world is your oyster, as they say, and whatever big red wine is your favorite, but maybe I've given you some here to try that you haven't had before. Let's now move on to some vegetarian dishes. I wanted to talk a little bit about how we can address these. We break down vegetarian dishes predominantly into two groups. We have sweet, so more sweet potatoes, and when we get into sweet potato casseroles and dishes on that basis, we're looking to pair with similar wines to the baked ham. So you're gonna look for that sweet on sweet. So you're looking for those Pinot Gris, some Riesling, some wonderful options there for you. Now, if you're into the savory vegetarian dishes, so grains and mushrooms, things like that, we're going to go more of the softer red styles. Here, Pinot Noirs are always wonderful options. A lot of times Pinot Noir will give us a bit of an earthiness or even some mushroom flavors will come through, especially the old worlds. So Pinot Noir can be your friend, but lower tannins. So when we're looking at the savory style of vegetarian dishes, we're looking for fruit forward, maybe a little bit more subtle. Cote de Rhone, your Southern French wine styles can be wonderful options for you too, as they're gonna give you lots of, lots of savory and herbaceous notes and subtle fruits without being too overpowering, but delicious when paired together. So when we're looking at vegetarian dishes, you have lots of options. And again, the sparkling wine styles, you could definitely do a Cremant d'Alsace, for example, with both of these examples of vegetarian dishes. We're always looking for balance. We're looking to bring out the flavors of the food and the flavors of the wine so both of them can come together and create a really wonderful experience for you at the table. Now to one of my favorite topics, which is desserts. I'm gonna talk about three different pie styles apple, pecan, and pumpkin. Whenever we're talking about desserts and we're working with sugar, what I'm looking for as a sommelier is to bring balance. I want a wine with an equal amount of sweetness to the dish so that they create harmony and one doesn't overpower the other. So let's talk about apple pie first. So with apple pie, we have some wine styles that sing of apples. So we have Chardonnay, Pinot Blanc, for example, Pinot Gris. So you could do a still white all the way through here and through your meal if you're doing roast turkey, all the way into dessert. And it's a wonderful way to go because your pastry crust is filled with butter. So it's delectable and it is going to work harmoniously with those full body Chardonnay. The other options when you're working with apple pie and some of my favorite is to do a sweet cider. So sometimes wine itself isn't always the only option. We have lots of other flavors and styles to choose from. A sweet cider, you could sort of really pull out those apple flavors. Moscato de Asti, which is a frizzante, so sort of just slightly sweet sparkling wine style from Italy 
wonderful option. And actually Moscato de Asti could work with all of our pie styles today that I'm talking about. And it's a wine I think that everybody should always have in the house. And if you are a chocolate fan, Moscato de Asti is the wine you need. It's wonderful. Tawny Ports. If you are a port fan, you're looking for Tawny. I would suggest a 20 year Tawny. You're going to see 20 year old on the label. That's going to give you those caramel brown sugar notes to go with the pie. And of course you could do an off dry champagne or sparkling Wine. So you're on the label there, you're looking for a demi-sec or off-dry. So an off-dry bubble, a wonderful option as well. So for apple pie, we have some wonderful options. You can go for your full-bodied creamy Chardonnay. It could work all the way through because we have those wonderful buttery notes, not only with the apples in the pie, but also in the crust. So full-bodied Chardonnay is a wonderful option. It can take you right through your roast turkey meal all the way through dessert. You also have some options in the cider aisle. So a nice sweet cider is a wonderful accompaniment and something different to end the meal with, with your apple pie. Also, I would recommend a 20 year old tawny port that's going to give you your brown sugar caramel notes. And then of course, an off dry sparkling wine is always going to be delicious. So you're looking for demi sec. So off dry, demi sec, half sweet, if you will. And then Moscato de Asti. Moscato de Asti is a wonderful go-to wine style if you love sweet things. And especially if you love chocolate, Moscato de Asti comes from the town of Asti in Northern Italy. Moscato is the grape variety. It's gonna be lightly bubbly. So we call it frizzanti, just soft spritz, and it's delicious. And so I would highly recommend if you are a dessert fan, you're gonna to wanna to make sure you always have a bottle of Moscato de Asti in the house. You'll find it very economical. It's low in alcohol and it's good anytime to share with any dessert. You could definitely pair it with any of the three pies we're talking about today. Let's move on to pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie is rich and creamy. And so we're going to work with those wonderful textures in the pumpkin pie. And here again, we can definitely go all the way through with the Chardonnay. Apples and pumpkins are synergetic. You can do an off dry Riesling here, the 20 year old Tawny Port, another wonderful style. And then your off dry Champagne could be delicious here too. So you can see if you're doing a little bit of a slice of all these pies on your plate, you could definitely have one or a couple of different wine styles to try with your pies. And then when we're talking about pecan pie, and here I'm just talking about the traditional, not the chocolate pecan pie, not the bourbon chocolate pecan pie, but just the, the plain old amazing, lots of sugar, wonderful nuts pecan pie. Then here again, the full body Chardonnay can work because you do have all those textures of the butter and the crust. The Tawny Port is going to be amazing. So definitely if you are a port fan, the 20 year old Tawny here, but it is going to be sweet. It's gonna be sugar on top of sugar. So just watch how much sweetness there. A full bodied champagne style. So much like the Chardonnay here, if you wanted to just bring the weight of the wine in with the pie. Sparkling Shiraz, if you wanted to bring a berry flavored in or a still Shiraz, you could do this as a an opposite type of flavor. I know I've covered a lot of different wine styles today. And like I said, I do have a really helpful little download. Just head on over to winegirlacademy.com, download the Thanksgiving guide, and you'll have all of the wine styles as well as the menus, the danger items, and have information on how to work with it. Now, one question I get asked is, we have a whole bunch of people coming. How am I going to chill all these wines, especially if you're doing whites? I'm a big fan that the bathtub can be your friend. So just close the bath curtain, fill the tub with ice, and then put the bottles right in your bathtub. 
depending on where you live. If it's chilly outside, your patio can be a great place. And if you are putting wines in the freezer, because I know this happens, especially during holiday celebrations, make sure you put a timer on so you don't forget about the wines you put in the freezer to chill, or unfortunately they're gonna freeze and the bottles may crack as the water expands in those wines. Those are my last few fun, helpful tips. As always, it's been wonderful to hang out with you today. I know we've covered a lot of information. I hope that you've gotten some new wine styles and ideas and maybe some reasonings behind why you're enjoying the wines you have been that have become traditional styles to serve at your Thanksgiving. Always remember these are suggestions for you. They're not hard, fast rules. Enjoy your favorites and be open to trying something new. If you're not already subscribed, be sure to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. They come out every Tuesday and head on over to winegirlacademy.com, download your free Thanksgiving guide, and you'll find all of the wines and information I've shared in today's episode. Have a great week, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving to all of those who are celebrating. Cheers to you. Bye now.